and you've dialed up the Pac-Man podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint on the BMG Network. Before we get started with the day's news, I just have to make mention of the fact that Aaron Judge is going for a record, 62 home runs in a single season. It would be the New York Yankees record. And I think for all intents and purposes, the record, all-time record, because Sammy Sosa and I think Mark McGuire, they hit 68 or 70 back in the 90s, but they were on PEDS, performing performance-enhancing drugs, so it doesn't count. They were on steroids. Uh, Judge, as far as we know, is clean. He's going for number 62, and the Yankees uh, are in a in Texas for a, a three-game series, game two of a three-game series. So Judge basically has two games, eight at-bats to hit one home run, so let's hope he, he does it. All right, let's uh, talk about the, the culture wars. They are alive and well in Joe Biden's America. They've never really gone away. I mean, the culture wars have been here. I think the Democratic Party today is a party of uh, anti-Americanism. Frankly, it's a party of the devil. The Republican Party is the party of American families, a a party that puts, for the most part, puts America first. Now, I don't want to get too far afield here. In Vermont, there's a small town in Vermont called Randolph. And the Randolph Union High School had an incident recently. Two girls, two teenage girls, did what few of their peers have had the guts to do. A biological boy who identifies as a transgender girl entered their locker room. And they asked this this boy to leave. So the school tells the community in a September 23rd email that it is launching a harassment investigation, not against the boy or the transgender, but against the two girls, their conduct. This is unbelievable. This is in the Daily Signal, if you're interested. Students are not named because of their ages. They're all 14, I think. Maybe one is 15. So the issue here is this this boy who identifies as a girl or identified that day as a girl walked in and was looking at these girls as they were undressing. And they were one girl said, look, I'm uncomfortable. Female student A, we'll call her. She's 14. She told the Daily Signal that she was dressing for a game when this transgender-identifying student, boy, began to enter the locker room. She shared what she was, uh, she wasn't wearing a shirt, only a bra. And uh, she said, please don't come in here. We're still changing. She struggled to, you know, put clothes on. But the tranny allegedly told her that it was fine, fine for him maybe. He went into the locker room anyway and then stood in the corner watching as the other girls finished dressing. And the, the girl's mother said there's nothing but voyeurism in a phone interview with the Daily uh, Daily Signal. Asked why she took issue with a trans-identifying student entering the bathroom, the female student, she said, you know, incredulously, he, it's a dude. It's absolute lunacy. And by the way, I've got a, a column on this on the BMG network. It's under the PAC perspective on this particular story. It's, it's unbelievable. The girl said, look, this guy was born a boy. I don't care if he's on my team. He can join any team. I don't care. But when I'm undressing and there's a male in the girl's locker room or in the bathroom with me, I feel very uncomfortable, as, as well she should. Female student B shared a similar story that, you know, she said, asked the, the kid to leave and he wouldn't. And most of the girls' teammates agreed that biological boys should not be allowed in the girls' locker rooms. And I guess they were told, that the uh, female students were told and their parents were told by the school, look, it's the law. There's nothing we can do about it, we being the, the school administrators. 
This is sure there's something you can do about it. The parents could do something about it. They could yank their kids out of this, the government schools. Anyway, it's the same deal here. In, this is in Vermont. It's the same deal here in New York. The law gives preference to uh, preferential treatment to, to the perverts. And these people are perverts. I don't care what they, they call themselves. They can identify as a goat if they want to. But this kid's a biological boy, does not belong in a girl's locker room. So anyway, uh, the story even it hits another interesting note here. Female student B said during a math class, some of her friends showed the, the noose hit to the tranny. And according to female student B, the student allegedly reacted to the video he was watching by allegedly saying, I'm going to effing kill someone. Before allegedly adding, I effing hate female student B. These are the types of people that the government protects. The school system is protecting this this boy identifying as a girl. It's absolute lunacy. Anyway, and uh, the uh, ACLU is now involved in it, so you know which side they're going to come down on. They're going to side with the with a trans student. They called it, the, the trans student's mother said, this is slander, defamation of character. We've secured a lawyer. They're troublemakers. Basically, that's it. Uh, a couple other things I want to get to. Democrats have really turned a blind eye to one of this nation's most pressing concerns, illegal immigration. It's, you know, Biden has had so many failures. This is probably near the top of his failure list. Nobody's listening. The media is not saying anything about it. They continue to turn a blind eye because they have a doggy in the race, frankly. They don't want to say or do anything that's going to reflect poorly on any Democrat. So now Bill Clinton gets into the act. I mean, this guy is uh, certainly not a conservative, but by today's standards, he I would say Bill Clinton is a moderate Democrat. On the, on the eve of the midterms, Clinton, uh, this is according to Fox News, he said there is a limit to how many migrants, i.e. illegals, the U.S. can accept before it causes disruption. What's the limit, Bill? 5 million, 10 million? I've heard 11 million illegals entering the country. What is the limit? But anyway, Clinton said there is a limit to how many migrants any society can take without severe disruption and assistance, and our system is based much more on an assumption that things would be more normal. It's the same story. I mean, you know, we've got the largest number of refugees entering this country since World War II because of Syria and now the Ukraine and Afghanistan. And Clinton's saying, look, there's a, he's warning Democrats you're going to lose seats in both houses. But Biden appears to be, and the Democrats love this. They want to import as many illegals as possible because they view those these people as future votes. What about the country? What about the, the health of the country? They could care less about the country. They don't think it's worth saving in their eyes. And Republicans who mention anything about securing the southern border are called racists. Or, you know, whatever. Racists or Islamophobes or xenophobes, whatever. I mean, if you want to protect America, you want to put America first, somehow that's racist. But back when Clinton was in office, a lot of Democrats, younger Democrats today don't know this. I bet you AOC doesn't know this. I mean, she doesn't know a lot of things. Clinton pushed for stronger immigration enforcement along the southern border. He pushed for more funding to add more border, border Patrol agents. He even punished companies that hired illegal aliens by revoking federal grants. But the party has fallen far from those days. When Obama took over, he the party veered 
sharply left, and Biden is is going even further left, rolling out the red carpet for illegals. I read here in this piece from Fox, an estimated 5 million illegals have entered the country since Biden has taken office. This is un... We can't sustain it. We cannot sustain it. A lot of us know this already, but there's a study published in... Uh, where is this? I forget, uh, World Net Daily. And it was this study was done in Spain, and it says basically that masks do not stop covid from spreading in schools. The CDC has quietly eased masking restrictions and guidance for healthcare settings. I see a lot of people, though, down in Albany, still more people than ever wearing masks. Most schools have, have lifted the requirement, not all. There's a school in New Jersey that's uh, reimposing the, the mask mandate. But people are beginning to get back to normal. Most people, most normal people are not wearing masks. You see the people in Albany or the people in their Subarus driving by themselves wearing masks. People riding their bikes down here in Albany wearing masks. Walking down the street uh, wearing masks. I mean, good for them. They look at me like I'm some, like I'm, I should be wearing masks because I have a Trump hat. I look at them like they're nuts because they are nuts, frankly. But anyway, the CDC's, you know, has eased masking guidance and, uh, and uh, mandates. But the assumption remains among public health officials that masking prevents the spread of COVID-19. It does not. We, we're seeing, I mentioned that school in New Jersey, there's a mask mandate at a New Jersey high school. More than three individuals tested positive. Three, not 33 or 100. Three kids, or I didn't say kids, could be teachers, test positive. But how long before the mandate returns to New York schools? I wonder, as we get into the... Uh, deep fall and winter months. I mean, we're going to see a spike probably in COVID infections. Maybe not, but I think it's going to be with us probably forever, like the flu. We're just going to have to live with it. But studies of real-world data long have demonstrated the ineffectiveness of masking while posing health risks of their own and possibly exacerbating the spread of the disease. And a new study of nearly 600,000 students in over 1,900 schools in Spain found that their use in classrooms made no significant difference in infection rates. So why are these people being, in in many many cases, being forced to wear masks? The study, it's a mouthful here, unraveling the role of the mandatory use of face-covering masks for the control of SARS-CoV-2 in schools, a quasi-experimental study nested in a population-based cohort in Catalonia, Spain. was published in the August edition of the peer-reviewed journal Archives of Disease in Childhood. The researchers, according to a summary, analyzed routinely collected health data to compare the incidence of SARS-CoV-2 in those with masks and those without masks during the first term of the 2021-22 school year. The study's intent was not to measure the individual effectiveness of masks, but to evaluate their effect in stopping the spread in schools. In conclusion... Mask mandates in schools showed no significant differences in terms of transmission. Conversely, we found that age is a key component explaining transmission in children. Should students continue to wear masks? New York Times reporter David Leonhardt pointed out in May, the data show that in U.S. cities where mask use has been more common, COVID has spread at a similar rate as in mask-resistant cities. 
A former advisor to the World Health Organization and the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services has compiled a list of more than 150 studies and articles presenting data and evidence that universal masking is ineffective in stopping the spread of SARS-CoV-2 and causes harm in some cases. Even Fauci, Dr. Fauci pointed out, uh, he spoke out against universal masking amid a pandemic in a 60 Minutes interview. He warned of unintended consequences, saying there's no reason to be walking around with a mask in the middle of an outbreak. The reason, this according to Fauci, the reason that masks were recommended are really for infected people to prevent them from spreading infection to people who are not infected, rather than protecting uninfected people from acquiring infection. So, I mean, the whole thing, I don't mean to go on this long about it, but it's, uh, so then why do it? If mas- masks are ineffective, I, you know, I went to my dentist last week, and now since then, the CDC has eased the restrictions, but I mean, all the, the uh, dental hygienists had masks, the, the, uh, the dentist had a mask, and they wanted me to wear a mask until I sat down in the chair. I mean, how are they going to work on my teeth through a mask? I had to lower the mask and, you know, spit, you know, on occasion. It's, the whole thing is senseless. It makes liberals feel safer. That's why we're, we have to wear masks. We're not really safer, but it, it makes us feel, some of us, feel safer. One writer referred to masks as as face diapers. I mean, <laughs> that's a bit extreme, but but you get the idea. I mean, they're, they're there basically to make us feel as though we're safer, but we're not really. The, the efficacy rate of most masks, even the good ones, anywhere from 15 to 20%. That's about all we have time for. Again, Aaron Judge looking to break that home run record for a single season. And what else is happening? There's something I'm forgetting here. Oh, if you like the show, hit like, hit subscribe, and uh, hit share. Share with your friends on social media and tell the folks about the BMG Network. If you want to contact me directly, it's Pacman, P-A-C-M-A-N, at thebmgnetwork.com, all lowercase. And check out the fine programming we have for you on the BMG Network. My daughter, Madeline, has a show. She airs, I guess it airs on Friday, called The Essentials with Maddie Flint. There's the Ken Burns show up there. There's uh, Adrian Ross does a show every week on Tuesday. And this show, the Pac-Man podcast with me, Ted Flint, which airs on Wednesday. Thank you very much, folks, for tuning us in. And if the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man podcast was produced and edited in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to thebmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.